Welcome to the Agent Success Podcast, where we talk about how to grow, prosper, and innovate in your real estate business. Learn how to find your ideal client, generate leads, and convert more sales from other agents in the business. My name is Brooke. I'm your host, and I hope you gain a ton of value from today's episode. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Agent Success Podcast. With me today, I have Mr. Kevin Bracey. So Kevin is a Clarksville native who has an incredible story that you're not going to want to miss. On today's episode, we talk about things like mindset and goal setting and just tactical tips for realtors, new and experienced. So go ahead, stick around to the end because he is providing value all the way through and you're not going to want to miss it. Let's go. Kevin, thank you for coming on the Agent Success Podcast today. I'm really excited to chat with you about your story, which is super powerful, your experience as a realtor, and I just hope that we can provide some wisdom and some motivation to you know our local real estate community. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate you for inviting me on your amazing platform, just so I can share my story and hopefully, hopefully <laughs> that would touch somebody. Yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah, you have a very powerful story. So starting from the very beginning, are are you from the Clarksville area? Yes. So I am born and raised here. I've been here all my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. And parents, too, like just kind of generational, like. Yeah. So my parents was both uh, from here as well. So uh, we was not military. I believe my my grandfather, he was uh, military, but I never knew my grandfather. So. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's probably how they ended up here. And then what did your parents do for work, if you don't mind sharing with me? Yeah. So my dad, he worked factory work all of his life uh, up until he retired. And my mom, she worked at the hospital Mm. uh, for a long time. I mean, uh, she worked. I don't know if you're familiar with Memorial Hospital. She was a uh, she worked at the hospital when that was here on Madison Street, mm. and she's still to this day work at the hospital. Really? Yeah. So she's been working at the hospital. Oh gosh, I would say, thirty <laughs> um, something years. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thirty something years for sure. So mom's still working, dad's retired. You yes. said. Okay. Yes. Okay. And both working really hard. Those are extremely demanding jobs, right? Yes. What does your mom do at the hospital? She's uh she work in uh. Imaging, the imaging okay. department. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a tough environment, yeah. being at the hospital. Yeah, she, I mean, she's she's been doing it. She's still uh, she's still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> she's, sure. she's, like, in her element there. It's, like, yeah. what she's done. That's what she knows. And, and uh, I, I think a lot with, with them, uh, especially my mom, she can retire if she want to, but she don't because that's what keeps her alive, right? Yeah. I mean— Sitting at home all day, I mean, I feel like for my, if you're not doing anything, I mean, is that a good thing? I don't know. Teach his own. But, you know. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's like if you sit around all day, you know, it keeps you moving. It keeps you going. And I think that's 100 percent true. Like you don't. Hey, what do you even do with your time at that point? Right. Like you're (laughs) sitting at home and. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay, cool. So then upbringing wise, then you're watching them work hard. You graduated high school and like how did you decide to like move after high school? What were your plans? 
So initially, um, I graduated at Clarksville High School, and um, I really didn't have any, like, plans after high school. I knew I wanted to play football. I was a football player. Were you a good uh, student? I was. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I would <laughs> say I was a C student, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. By, like, average. <laughs> <laughs> I was a C student. You know, I could have... Uh, you know, study a little bit harder, but, you know, teach, you know, everything happens for a reason, yeah. right? Uh, but now uh, I will say I'm more, I'm a better student now mm-hmm. at life. Yeah. Yeah. I get so. that. <laughs> I was not a good high school student. I actually dropped out at 16 yeah. and I, I would agree with you a hundred percent. Better student now, much more interested yeah. in learning yeah. and my well-being in my future now than I was at 16. Because I feel like a lot of people, they think school is it. Once you graduate, like there's no more learning. In my head, that's when the learning really, really start because in school, it teaches you to be successful, right? It gives you the tools. But also, once you graduate, you have to use that tool you know your yourself right yeah. and it's just if there's a lot of books out there that can uh, make you be a better person and that's you know yeah yeah be a student of life absolutely yeah. don't let it stop there it's a terrible mistake to ever stop learning yeah. we should always be growing and evolving i think that's what we're called to do and it's wise to do so so i agree with you and then was college ever in your plan you didn't go to college, did you? I did not. Uh, no, I went to Miller Mott's uh, Community College. Okay. Uh, but only went there for like a semester. Okay. Uh, but far as uh, a university, no, mm. no, I didn't. So you went there right after high school? Uh, to the community college? No. I was, so after, after high school, I worked factory. I started at a factory job. Uh, and then when I was working the factory job, that's when I signed on to uh, Miller might. Then I was, you know, working factory and leaving work, going to school, you know, that that life. Was it the same factory that your dad worked at? No, no, yeah. it, it wasn't. It no. wasn't. Uh, I, I worked at a factory in Springfield. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Was that kind of like the thing to do? I don't know, you know, Clarksville at that time. I know it's grown a lot and I'm new to Clarksville four years now, but was that like the thing to do? Or do you think you were inspired to kind of follow your dad's footsteps when you did that? Honestly, I think pretty much that was all I was exposed to. Yeah. That's all I knew. So my dad, I felt like they lived a good life. He worked factory. I'm going to uh, graduate from high school. I'm going to get a factory job and just live that life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's where that came from. Yeah. So. so you were in factory, working in the factory. You were also going to school but only for one semester and then you stopped because you didn't like it you had different change of plans what happened yeah I wasn't I wasn't studying I was you know I just went to college just just so I don't know why I went to college to be honest I went to college I know I was I was in a sterile processing um uh course and actually and I done research after I signed up for the program Mm. and the amount of money I was making then was better than you know, if I would have graduated with that, I don't know if it's a degree certificate. Yeah. I would have made more, you know, less money. So yeah. I don't I don't know why I went to college. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah, it was just yeah, it's the American dream, right? If you want a better life, then you yeah. have to go to college. So they say. So they say, yeah. <laughs> of course we don't yeah. You know, I don't. I'll speak for myself, yeah. think that that's the case at all. Granted, I went to college, I was in nursing school, but um totally shift gears so happy I did but okay 
So then at what point did you stop working at the factory and kind of what was next for you? Um, so I, I worked factory. I worked in Springfield for, I would say two years. Then I left uh, that job, went to another factory in Smyrna, Tennessee. Uh, I worked there for probably like six months. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I left the factory life, went to plumbing, uh, then plumbing to real estate. Okay. And how did you get your exposure to real estate? Like the real estate industry, you, you used that word earlier and I think that's a perfect word yeah. because... Yeah. If you don't have exposure, you don't yeah. know. So I got introduced to real estate, the inter the real estate industry from my father-in-law, the late, great uh, Tyrone Caldwell Sr. Uh, he introduced me to real estate. That's my father-in-law. He lived in Augusta, Georgia at the time. And uh, we went to go visit him on a trip for one year. I can't remember what the year, but when we went to go visit him, I was spending time with him and, uh, you know, riding around looking at houses and at the time, I knew that I wanted to uh, change in, ch a change in career. And uh, when I uh, when we went back, came back to Tennessee, uh, that's when I told my wife, like, hey, I think I'm interested into real estate. Mm -hmm. I think I want to, you know, pursue that, get signed up at the school. And that's when I got signed up. So that was your wife's father. Yes. And yes. Was he an agent? He was an agent and an investor. OK. Yeah. And had he been like her whole life or? I'm sorry, what was that? Like, had he been in that career field for, like, your wife's oh, like, yes. growing up yes, and stuff? Yes. Like, she was very familiar with it. Yes, she was very familiar with it. Their whole family very familiar with yeah. it. Uh, she He he actually retired from uh, the Army. Mm. And then, he you know, he was Army and an agent and then an investor. Cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So she was, like, all for it? Or was she like, mm, no? Oh, she, man, my wife, she, she supported me. With anything, yeah, and I appreciate her. Yeah, that's amazing. I wouldn't be here without her. So shout out to shout out to you, baby. <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have. I know that during that time, your transition from yeah. plumbing to real estate, you know, something very tragic yes. you could say happened to you. Could you share with the audience what happened to you at that point? Yeah. So early on into my real estate career, uh, I was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I'm talking about from the jump. Uh, how that, what that looked like was I was working, uh, for a low, uh, plumbing company here in town and I was, you know, working, uh, plumbing full time, trying to learn real estate. As we all know, really the real estate industry is, is super hard, especially for a part-time agent. Yes. Um, and, uh, I dedicated a week off my plumbing job so I can just, you know, go full force at the real estate career. And the very first day I went to a doctor's appointment, my wife, you know, she was on my butt about <laughs> going to the doctor uh, because the year prior, uh, I didn't I didn't see a doctor that year just because I was young, healthy. I didn't feel like I needed to go. But, you know, I listened to her. I was a good husband. Listened <laughs> to her. And uh, I went to get a regular physical checkup. The doctor called me the next day, said, hey, Kev, uh, can I have you come back in uh, so we can recheck your your lab results? because your lab results came back critically low. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm thinking it was a mistake on their end. Went back in, uh, my test results came back the exact same. Uh, they referred me to a local oncology. And, you know, uh, I, went to, I went to that appointment. Uh, they checked my blood. It was really low, the same. Um, and he was like, hey, Kev, we're going to have to undergo a bone marrow biopsy. At the time, I was ignorant 
of what the bone marrow biopsy was, meaning lack of knowledge. So I was like, okay, let's get that on a schedule. How soon can we, you know, when can we get that done? He said, well, we're going to have to work pretty quickly. How about you go get lunch, come back, and we're going to knock it out. And I said, okay, cool. So me and my family, we, we went to cookouts because that I remember cookout on when Rudolph had just opened up. So we went there, uh, and when I was waiting on my phone, I mean, waiting on my food, I uh, pulled out my phone, went to YouTube, and I searched bone marrow biopsy. <laughs> at the time, you know, I, I I will say that I lost my appetite on what I seen. Uh, then I uh, we went back to the doctor office, uh, got the bone marrow biopsy. Uh, my results came back that I had aplastic anemia. So aplastic anemia is a blood disorder where your body produces cancer cells. And uh, with my condition at the time, me being young, healthy, uh, the doctor, they kind of wanted to work aggressive. So uh, he said, hey, so we're going to have to do a, a, a refer me out to Centennial Hospital where I received a bone marrow transplant. Mm. Uh, and the thing with transplants, uh, the hardest issue or the hardest thing to overcome is with transplants is finding a match uh, for, for a donor, right? So luckily I was blessed with an identical twin brother so he was my donor, you know, it was, it was no question. He was my, he was my donor. So, uh, we, oh, I will say pause at the time, my wife, she was, she was like five, five or six months pregnant at the time. And I was the main, uh, you know, breadwinner. Uh, she was in just finishing up nursing school. So she was, she was full-time student. Um, so, you know, that's kind of a stressful time at the time, but, um, yeah, so I, I had to transplant in, uh, March of 2016, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, that that was crazy. That was a that was a rough year. 2016 was a rough year. Wow, you were only 23. I was 23 at yeah. the time. Yes, a lot going on. That was a lot. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was a lot. Yeah. So you're you were newly licensed. So you're working as a plumber. You're newly licensed mm-hmm. as a realtor. This was like. What you said, two months or so? Like yeah, it was. I mean, I was a realtor probably a, a few months. I don't know yeah. the exact time, but I was a brand new. I I didn't have a closing at the time. Actually, I had one closing by the time I was admitted to the hospital, but just one. You know, yeah, uh, brand new. And you're like healthy. You feel good, right? Like to well, your I feel, awareness, I feel I feel amazing. Yeah. You're like yeah. going down this new path, career. Yeah, wife's pregnant. Yes, life is good. Life is good. And then all of a sudden, you're just stopped dead in this. Stop. And the crazy, the crazy thing about it is, when um, I was diagnosed, I don't know if it's because it was in my head, when I had zero symptoms leading up to it. Hmm. Once I got diagnosed, I'm telling you, that's when the symptoms really came. It probably was in my mind, but I, uh, leading up to my transplant. I started off having to get uh, uh, um, a transfusion, I will say, once every two weeks. Mm. Then it got to a point where it was once every week. Then it was twice every week. Wow. Then right before um, right before I got admitted, that's when, it, you know, it was, it was really bad. Why yeah. do you say that's really, really, <coughs> really powerful? That's really powerful. So, like, why do you say... It was in your head or your mindset. Like, 
I, I'm like lo- I'm looking a little bit deeper into right, what you right. just said. I'm thinking about how does that apply in life. Yeah. So I just want to make sure, like, what do you mean by that? So I feel like whatever is in your mind is more likely it's going to happen. So if you're thinking positive, positive, you know, things will come your way. If you're thinking about negative, you're going to be a negative person. So I had in my head like, hey, you know, I got cancer. I never thought I was going to die. But, you know, I didn't know what the future holds. But at that point in time, I was young, uh, healthy. And I'm like, there's no way I got cancer. But I did. So uh, me saying that is, you know, I was just diagnosed with cancer. I'm like, oh, now I got to go through chemo. Mm. Uh, Chemo is about to, you know, take a toll on me. In which, you know, chemo was hard. Chemo was tough. Uh, But, you know, it didn't kill me. So you think, though, that because you were aware that you had cancer, all of a sudden you started acting like you had cancer. That's kind of what it sounded like you said. Like, at first, you didn't know. So you were just going about life healthy, you know, inspired, working out, doing whatever you're doing like a normal person. But then you found out you had cancer and all of a sudden your body reflected that because you were thinking that it was like in your head. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know. But that's really powerful. Yeah, that's a powerful statement. And I think that that's true. I know that for myself, like I might analyze a certain situation and it might be so minimal. It's just like a day to day thing. But it's easy to like look in lack. And here's an here's an example, not nearly as powerful, but I'm a mom of a three year old. It's challenging at times, of course, like any parent of any child at any age. But, you know, some days I look at my day and I'll think, um, well, this didn't go as I would have wanted it to, or this didn't go as I would have wanted it to, whether that's just my to-do list or the way I approached parenting my son. And, um, you know, you can look at it with a mindset of lack, or you can look at it and, well, you know, he's healthy. We all had a fine day. You know, we were all fed. We did do X, Y, Z things that were positive and, you know, he's not holding on to the fact that I didn't parent him in the best of my ability at that time and just things Mm -hmm. like that. And if you look at the lack, you attract more of that and then you start getting in the mindset of maybe like, well, I'm a bad parent. And this could apply to any area of life. But if you're focused on the things that are positive, then you you create more of that. It is very true. Yeah. And so totally taking that into a different scenario. But no matter what area of life your mindset is so important. Your, your mindset is key. Uh, when I was going through that entire process, you can ask, you know, the, the people was close around me. I never complained not one time. Mm-hmm. Not one time did I complain just because I know there's someone somewhere else that's going, got it worse off than me. Like I have an identical twin brother. You know, there's people that was in my shoes that they are still trying to find a match, you know? So how can I complain about what I was going through temporarily to affect me, you know, uh, bigger. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, also I, I had, you know, I, I had my daughter uh, on his way. So, like, I, yeah. I I didn't have time to, you know, sit there and cry. Sure. We have to figure this out, you know. That's definitely easier said than done, but that's a blessing to have that mindset. I don't know what your mindset leading up to that beforehand, if you had been interested in like having a good mindset or if you had good mentors or good people in your life that were also thinking like that. But I will say that if you don't have a good mindset or you maybe you recognize that or maybe someone's told you that you can change that. It takes effort. It takes awareness and it takes like reprogramming of your mind. But if you don't 
think that your mindset is serving you, you can change that. Mm-hmm. And that's a blessing. Yeah. So it takes self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and I, I believe in God, you know, uh, very strong. So, and I knew he had my back. I knew he wasn't going to let anything happen to me uh, that wasn't supposed to happen, you know. So, I mean, I wasn't alone. Yeah. And, you know, God, he was right there with me. So how can I be afraid if he if he's with me? Yeah. If he can control everything, how can why, why am I afraid? Yeah. You know, it's, it's not I, I had cancer. You know, there was no doubt I had cancer. I cannot I couldn't control that. But now we have to figure out like, OK, I, Kev got cancer now. How can I move forward and raise my beautiful family? You know, how can we look past this and look back at, you know, five, ten years down the line? I'm like, hey, you remember 2016? That was a tough year, but we made it. Mm. We made it. Yeah. yeah. How long was, like, the recovery process from, like, the transplant to you're, like, able to kind of maybe have some normalcy in your life again? Yeah, so um, after I had to transplant, um, uh, I had to stay in the hospital for I believe like almost a almost a month, maybe three weeks, maybe three weeks. But once I got uh, you know discharged from the hospital, I uh, they sent me to a Hope Lodge in Nashville just because I had to stay a certain amount of distance from the hospital just in case sure. if you know something goes on. Yeah. Um, but so I, I stayed at the Hope Lodge for I believe two weeks, mm-hmm. and then after after the second week. Uh, I was able to go home. Uh, but even, you know, at home, my immune system was really low. Yeah. So I couldn't go around people. I had to wear a mask. That's before mask was popular back <laughs> then. I remember I can. we went to uh, Walmart and I had my mask on. And people were, like, looking at me crazy. Like, this guy, he got a mask, you know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, uh, my immune system, you know, it, it, it takes a while, you know. It takes a while before I was able to go around people. And then once I was be able to go around people, I still have to be, you know, really careful just because my immune system, it's take a while for your immune system to get to the point where it needs to be. Hmm. Yeah. I remember you told me a story about um, you were showing properties. Something yeah. <laughs> you had another accident, right? Something yes. else happened to you, oh and gosh. you had the mask on. So what oh happened? my gosh! I told you, 2016 was a rough year. <laughs> so when I, <laughs> so when I uh, I was sent home. Meaning, sent back to Clarksville. This what happened. I had a dent in my car. You know how you uh, boil a pile of hot water, and they say if you pour it on the the the, uh, the, the dent, it will come out. So what happened was, I'm gonna tell you the, the true story. So what happened was, I had a, a pot of boiling hot water that just uh, I just took it off from the stove, and my twin brother, he's like, he be he played too much. He slapped my butt when I was outside. And you know when I when he when he slapped my butt as I was trying to pour the water on the, on the car, um, the the hot water splashed oh on my, my on my arm. And once it splashed, I kind of jumped, and the pot was full, full of water. When I jumped, more water came out. So I tried to throw the pot, and when I threw the pot, it landed on my on my foot. Oh. All the water. So I had it was, man, it was. Uh, what degree? It was man. It was bad. It yeah. was bad. Like to this day, my my foot is discolored. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. Yikes. I was on crutches for. Man, I was on crutches for for a while. I couldn't walk for a while. Did yeah. you just have like too much free time? So you thought I'm gonna go ahead. Oh and my gosh! <laughs> get and, this dent out of my car. <laughs> so 
I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I, I, I never got the dent out. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So then you're showing property because at I this was, point you're getting back into real estate. Yes. And you went and showed property and you were like dismantled. I was showing properties. My wife was driving me to uh, each property. I, so, I showed this client, man, not even exaggerating, probably like 75 houses on crutches wow. with my wife being my, my Uber driver. And uh, yeah, man, it, it was 2016 was rough. Was that like your second transaction or? That was, uh, we never, we never closed. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, we never closed. Do you remember that client? I do. Was it a I friend do. or was it like a? No. Uh, uh, so I, we built a relationship through real estate. So uh, prior to uh, me being an agent, I we, we didn't know each other. I see. Yeah. Okay. So. I was just wondering, cause that's like a lot of work. Yeah. It's a lot of work for with you being in the shape that you were in. That's a lot of work for anybody. Yeah. But with all that too. Yeah. But you were determined. I was determined. You know, when when I uh one thing about me at that point in time, you know, uh I pretty much lost everything when I was in the hospital. Uh with no income. Uh so I was I believe at the time I was we was living with my mother-in-law and uh, she opened up her well, my mom opened up her doors. And then, you know, as we had the baby, we needed a, a bigger spot. So we moved in with her, her mom. Uh, and uh, at the time, you know, I was already pretty much, you know, below. So I did everything what it took to be successful. I did everything, li literally everything. So. How did you know what to do? And, you know, that's what I want to ask yeah. you. How did you know what to do once you got started? But also just to kind of wrap up you know, what you went through, I guess, yeah. first, let me ask you, what did that do for your mindset? Going through something like that is not everybody goes through something like that, but afterwards and during, it sounds like you never had the mindset of like, poor me at any point. It sounds like you truly had faith in God that you were going to get through this. And then also we're probably just grateful to be alive and just like hungry after the fact, like mm -hmm. I'm going to live. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, again, I, I was really still to this day, I'm really into God and I knew he had my back. You know, if I will say I went to the hospital with a certain amount of dollars, money in my, in my account, my bank account, I came out the hospital with way more than when when I came in with. So if I can make it through that, if I can make it through the the three months that I was no jobs, the bills still coming in, bills but getting paid. Right. You know, if I can make it through that, I can make it through anything. Yeah. I can make it through anything. That's good. And so now you're working as an agent. You're mm -hmm. hungry. <laughs> you're going through all this, everything, and yeah. you're saying that you're willing to do anything. So yeah. what did that look like and how did you know what to do? Yeah, so uh, I, I had a uh, a mentor early on and I also joined a, a team, uh, Jeremy Bullock. Shout out to Jeremy Bullock. Uh, I learned a lot from him, man. He taught me the ropes in and out early on. So I, I feel like any career, any career at life, you need a mentor because where we want to go we haven't been there, so we we kind of don't know what it takes. We we kind of do, but we really don't know what it takes to be there. Right. And uh, if you find someone that's been to uh, the spot where you want to go, you know it's it's pretty smart to to have them as a mentor, so they can show you the loophole, and so you, so you can you know cut down on a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it's one thing to like find that information online or read yeah. about it, but it's another thing to be able to ask somebody in person, yeah. like specific questions about you and your situation. Like, what do you yeah. think I should do about this? You know, when you would meet with your team leader and he would give you guidance or, you know, kind of give you pointers and stuff like that, like, were you literally like taking notes and like as soon as he tells me what to do, like I'm going to go implement or did you what was your mindset around like implementing the information that he gave you? Yeah. So uh, the information that he gave me, uh, I mean, I started right on right then and there. We had the same office. His desk was across from from my desk. So it, it, it wasn't like he told me anything and I didn't do it. Like I, I, I got started on it. You know, I was cold calling people. I was. Sound like a fool over the phone. Yeah. But one thing about cold calling, you can sound like the fool the first, you know, the first 50 calls. But yeah. on that 51st call, I'm just throwing numbers out there. Yeah. On that 51st call, you you, start, you get better each call. Yeah. You get better each call. So, you know, uh, the advice he was telling me, I was doing it. I was going on listening appointment, appointments with him. He was showing me, you know, the, the, the uh, terminology of real estate because at the time, remember, I was new. So I'm like a, a sponge. So I'm soaking up everything that he uh, he tells me and not only soaking up, I'm using it. Yeah. So. You guys worked like side by side in the office together. Yes. Was he holding you accountable or did you feel like because this guy's pouring into me, like he's giving me the time of day, giving me all this information, like I don't want to let him down, basically. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was holding me accountable. Uh, our assistant, Shay, she was really holding me accountable. Like Shay, she was she was no joke. She, she I mean, she was on my butt. <laughs> That's good though. Yeah, that was good. That's really good. It's like I say this about accountability. It's like if you're losing weight, sometimes yeah. someone might need an accountability buddy or like a gym buddy or somebody to like get you there, right? Because yes. if someone else, if you tell somebody you're gonna do something, or if you just publicly announce something, now there's this expectation like someone else other than you knows that you're going to do this thing. Absolutely. So now you don't want to show up and show face <laughs> and be like, eh, I didn't actually do it. Yeah. So accountability will get you moving. And sometimes yeah. if you're not like a self-starter, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There, I still use that to this day, like to keep me focused on the day-to-day -day. at any stage of your career or life. Accountability is a blessing. So you mentioned cold calling. I know that you taught a cold calling class and cold calling is something you're familiar with. This is like... I am. You got I a am. lot of experience yes. cold calling. I am. A lot of people are really scared to cold call. I was that person. Yeah, yeah. I was that person. Talk cold, to me about it. Cold calling uh, initially, I mean, you you scare of the unknown, and it's like, what? Well, why are you scared? You, you're calling on the phone. Nobody's gonna beat you up over the phone, you know. Uh, the it's that rejection. Yeah, the the fear of rejection. But honestly, like we're we're calling human beings. Human beings are not that mean. No, there are some mean individuals out there, but typically, you know, the worst you can happen, the worst that can happen cold calling is them hanging up on you. Yeah. Guess what? Dial somebody else. Yeah. And then you, you get better each time, but the fear of cold calling is real. It's, yeah. It's real. But it's it, tough. Yeah, it's tough. And it's, it, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not bad once you do it. Once yeah. you do the work, it's not bad. It's like once you actually talk to somebody, it's like the anticipation. I feel like every single time you sit down to cold call too it's like it never gets easier almost yeah. it's just like ah, gotta do it yeah. but like once you do it and you're on the phone and someone answers and whether they say no because they probably did let's be honest it's like oh well I survived that that wasn't that bad yeah. and then it's like every no gets you closer to a yes like yeah. you want to be happy for the no's because the more people you can get through that give you that no 
you're getting closer to like the one that says yes. So what would kind of be your strategy when you were on the phone? Like how would you approach it? And you know, what was your goal? Yeah. So my goal was to uh, get their contact information. Right. Uh, so my mentor at cold calling, cause I had, I had different mentors. My mentor for cold calling was Ricky Carruth. He's a, I love him. Yeah. So, so, so yes. I followed him early on. And, uh, uh, you know, he's an agent in Orange Beach, Alabama, yeah. the number one agent. So uh, he used to have a, I don't know if he still does, but he used to have a, a YouTube he channel. He does. Oh, he does? Yeah. So he went cold calling on there and actually, you know, talked to him one-on-one. I actually met him before. Uh, but uh, everything he said, I wrote it down because it worked. Yeah. And, you know, I had to keep saying it over and over and over and over so it, I can get familiar with the script so it doesn't sound like a script. But you know, if you try anything new, it's going to be rusty, right? It, you're, not gonna, you're not going to you're not going to start something new yeah. and be great at it. That's why you have to keep going and going. And uh, basically, you know, I, I I said everything that that he said, and then eventually it started working. I mm-hmm. I started get, being confident because once you dial, you dial, you dial, you get you build your confidence up, and people can hear confidence over the phone. Mm-hmm. And you know, because if you're confident. And they have a need that you can fix, you know, most likely they're going to give you the opportunity to sit down in front of them and present whatever you're going to present. That's good. Yeah. He had an event in Nashville last year, a zero to diamond event. And I went to it and he is just like an amazing agent. I was there. You were too? At, at the Titan Stadium? Yeah. Yes, I was there. Cool. <laughs> but like, I love him and yes. he's a great resource. So I'm glad you mentioned him. If you're looking to, you know, get comfortable on the phone, 100% recommend his channel. He has tons of live cold calling videos so you can go and see how it's working in real time. Yes. Great nugget. You. You mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that you were going to the office. And again, I highlighted that because of the the accountability aspect of that. But what do you think about going to the office? Because as a realtor, you can work from home. You don't have to go to an office. But like, what are your thoughts on what that can do for your productivity? Yeah, so uh, for me, I only can speak for me. Um, So for me, me being in that environment, feeling the synergy, picking up on other people's energy, like that's really important because... If I'm in a room and it's just me by myself or I'm at the house, I'm not going to be motivated to pick up the phone. Yeah. But if I get in a room and, you know, this guy's killing me on the phone, this guy's is me with buyers. I don't want to be, you know, the one that's not meeting with anybody that's not making no, no, no phone calls. So it's just a synergy that I, I, I pick up on others that build me to do even more, to sure. do even more. And uh, actually me and my, my brother, Malcolm Miles, we used to have, you know, competition with cold calling because he used to cold call. I used to cold call. We'd be in the same office. You know, we were just, it's just that brotherhood that that we, we push each other to, you know, read books, to, 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 to do the right thing. Just do the thing mm. that's going to make you successful. Yeah. Yeah. Put the work in. Put the work in. I have to be honest and say that I think that that's like the not so secret ingredient yeah but it is like the secret sauce is like of course this business can be challenging you're your own boss which means you're responsible for your actions and the time that you put in yeah it's 
great to be around other people that are doing it. It's great to be around people that you can communicate with and talk to about the business because that's going to motivate you. Also, if you don't feel like you have anybody in your local office that you can connect with, just looking up people like Ricky Carruth, like other agents that do make content, it gets you motivated to mm -hmm. go in and do more. And sometimes you just need that motivation. Yeah, I think some people can in anything in life get kind of jaded like i'm it feels like it's not working right so like if you're an agent and you're doing this and that here and there but you're not really seeing the results like what do you have that you can provide wisdom on that subject <coughs> so on that subject i uh, just just focus on getting one percent better each day you know uh, to build a wall you have to lay one brick at a time so if if just like de delayed gratification, right? You go to the gym, you work out, you work out. First day, first week, you're not seeing those no no results. Right. Second week, still not seeing no results. But the third week, you know, okay, my arm getting a little big, my legs feeling a little tight now. Yeah. No, it's just that delayed gratification. You know, when just focus on getting one percent better each day. That's good. And then uh, over a year, you know, if you get focus on getting one percent better each day, by the end of that year. You three hundred sixty five percent better than where you were a year ago, right? And that you know that by itself is speaks speaks volume, right? Yeah, delayed gratification is huge. Yeah, it's like don't assume that if you make you know five hours of cold calls this week, mm -hmm. that all of a sudden you're gonna have like a ton of clients. That's just not how it works. Yeah, for one, because it's like you got to do you got to talk to more people than that. Ultimately, yeah. it's just a numbers game. But also you know, following up with the people that you do make connections with. Like it's a series of events that lead you to those contracts, but it's like, do the work now, three to six months from now, you're going to see the fruits of your labor and don't mm -hmm. expect overnight success. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so when I used to cold call, um, cause I was learning as I go with calling many people. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I used to have a dollar mm -hmm. that called, you know, three numbers at a time. And I used to, I used to call like, just say, call for 300 people one day and uh and then that next day i don't make any calls the next day i don't make any calls the next day i may make 50 calls right but it's better to be consistent calling 20 people a day every mm -hmm. single day so have that conversation two-way conversation than it is to just just dial 300 people in one day and don't do it anything else for the rest of the, the week you just have to be consistent, right? And also, if you if you just focus on just calling, 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 you you you're going to get burnt out. Yeah. You know, uh, you you're going to get burnt out, and you you're not going to want to do it anymore. Yeah. So that's good. So don't like do a big burst no. of effort no. and then burn yourself out. You you can yeah. you can just start with you can start with hey I'm gonna talk to twenty people today, right? So it so if you if I'm uh, on my dollar. To talk with 20 people, I may have to dial 100 numbers to actually right. talk with 20 people, right? Yeah. So uh, you can be like, hey, I'm going to just have a two-way conversation with five. We start start small, right. five people a day. So that's not going to overwhelm me, right? I'm going to be motivated to keep on. And if I talk to five people, if I have zero people that are interested, guess what? I still won because now my confidence is building. I'm learning. I'm learning the the words, the terminology to say, you know, uh, every, every if you talk with five people a day, that's a win. Yeah, that's a win. Yeah, 100 percent. That's great. 
You mentioned a dialer. I don't think everyone knows what that is. Yeah. And, you know, having a dialer is a luxury. It yeah. can like 10x that experience. But mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that? Like when you maybe decided to go ahead and invest in something like that and what that can do? Yeah. So uh, I started the dialer from Ricky Carruth. <laughs> he taught you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he, because he used a dialer, right? Because what, if you do what successful people do and you keep doing it, everything that they do, Guess what? That successive will follow you as yeah, well. So the dollar was saved a lot of time because if if you think about it, if I give you 20 numbers to call, if you don't have a dollar, now you spend a time typing the numbers in your phone. That's a lot of time that you're going to be spend that you're that that you will spend just by typing in the numbers. I know it doesn't seem big, but if you dial a lot of numbers, that's going to take you a long time, yeah. right? But a dollar automatically calls. So if I can call three people at a time, uh, then the first person is going to answer, you know, it will drop the other two. But you can go with a single dollar. That's that I, I used this I switched over to a single dollar because I like that better. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, three calling three people that can get a little, little bit overwhelming. A lot going on. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. So uh I, I switched over to a single dollar. So instead of me um, you know, typing a number, I just hit a button, boom, call. Mm -hmm. Once I get off the phone with them, boom. Hit the, hit the button again. Boom, it's calling the other person. Right. So it's just, you know, it's just to save a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. It's a super smart tool to use if you're going to cold call. Save time, allow you to talk to more people. Mm -hmm. It is an investment, but you have to, this comes back to like having confidence, having faith, watching the blueprint, knowing that other people are doing this and it's working for them. So if you're going to invest the money in a dialer, use it buy it and then use it and stick with it and allow yourself to see the results of those efforts. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. if you buy it and you use it for a week and it doesn't work, then that's a wasted investment. So yeah. just stick with the marketing methods that you choose. Yeah. Aside from that, aside from cold calling, what would be some other things that you recommend that somebody might try if they're trying, if they're like a newer agent too, and they're like trying to gain clientele, like what, what should they be trying? Do you think? Uh, for a new client that's trying to gain clientele, um, I mean, it's really, it's, it's really not hard, right? Mm. Just talk to people. You know, you can go to a grocery store and just have conversations with people, natural conversation with people, because that's what we're trying to have, you know, do business with is human beings like us. Right. And uh, people are really nice. So if you just have a conversation with people and you can just let them know, like, hey, I am in the real estate business. You right. know, uh, if you... Uh, if I can help you in any way, just let me know. So, uh, you know, just have conversation with people. That's if you want to, you know, do open houses, cold call, because cold call is not for everybody. Right. Uh, if you want to have open houses, just talk with, the you know, people at your church, talk to your family and friends, you know, just talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Just let them know what you do. Be yeah. loud about it. How, what do you think about like consistency and having consistency? So let's say someone's going to host an open house. Like, did they just do that once? Like if they were going to pick that to be a method that they're going to try to gain some clientele, like how do you think that they should structure that? Yeah. So uh, open houses, um, if, if you're not going to be consistent with it, I would say don't do it because you're, you're kind of wasting your time at that point. You're not doing open house right uh, and there's a process for open houses, right? Uh, if you're if you research or talk with anyone that's uh, you know killing the open house game, yeah. Uh, shout out to 
Adam Davis with the Beard at Home group. <laughs> uh, but they're 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 a process that they do before they open do an open house. You know, uh, uh, knocking on the neighbor's door, let letting them know, invite them to the open house. You know, call fifty people of the surrounding you know area yeah. and just talk with them. But I would say if you're if you're not going to be consistent with with anything, not even just open houses, with anything, just you know, just don't do it because at that point you're you're wasting your time. Yes. Yeah. I agree. How do you know when to pivot though? Like, let's say you're trying something for a bit and you don't feel like you're getting results. Do you just stick with it or do you try new things? Well, I would say at that point, if, if I'm trying, if I'm doing something over and over and over again and uh, it's not working and I'm expecting different, I mean, you know, different results, I have to switch something up. Right. So I have to, is it the scripts? Then I'm using it's it's a reason it's a deeper dive you have to take a deeper dive and the reason why it's not working yeah are you talking with enough people do you need to talk with more do you need to change up your scripts because if someone is doing it and they're having results you should have results too right so like you just have to figure out like okay what are they doing that's helping them out and then I have to incorporate into my business you know yeah. I would say if if you're not getting the results that you uh, that you want, reach out to the uh, somebody that are having the success that you want, and see what process they are doing, going about, and having the success that they have. Yeah. You know, eventually you will have that same success. Yeah, that's really really good. That's a nugget. Don't just assume that something's not working. Yeah. Like ask why yeah look at the script look at how many calls you're making look at the data that you're using you know there's so many moving pieces and just to assume that it's not working and throw your hands in the air would be a mistake yeah. so that's good that's and, gold and while we're on that topic can i can i can i say this because a lot of times we are scared to bother people about asking for help you know i get it uh but what i found out in this business not even just this business in life. Mm. Successful people will go out their way just to help you, yeah. right? They will cancel appointments just to help you. If they know that they're adding value, they're going to do it. Why? Because when they help you, they're actually getting better th better themselves. Yeah. So I would say, uh, you know, just reach out to them. And, uh, but I will also say not only reach out to them, but use what they're, what, what they're telling you. Because if I'm telling you advice... That means I'm taking time away from my day to help you out. But if you're not going to utilize what I'm teaching you, then I, at that point, I'm wasting my time, right? Yeah. So I would say just, you know, use the results that uh, or use the advice that they give you. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned discipline. You've mentioned, uh, you know, mindset, like these key factors that I think all play into success and no matter what you're doing in life. All of that kind of boils down to being able to be really honest with yourself and reflect on your actions and your results and set goals. And it's really hard to know where you're going if you don't have a, you know, a target. And mm -hmm. it's really hard to know what you've done if you're not measuring, you know, your day to day. Yeah. So goal setting, how important do you think that it is? That's extremely important. Yeah. I mean, you have to write down goals. If you don't write down goals, then where where are you going? Yeah, like it, like where you, you don't drive to Florida for the first time and don't use a, a map or a GPS. You have to have some type of destination, uh, so you can uh, you know uh, 
travel to be the person where you, where you want to want to go. Yeah. Uh, a mentor is extremely appointment important. Writing down goals extremely important. You want to write if they said if you write down a goal, you are ten times more likely to accomplish those goals. So just the simple fact of writing it, uh, putting a piece, uh, putting pen on paper, mm-hmm. will increase your chance by ten times. So I mean that's really important. I believe it though, because how many yeah. thoughts do we have in a day? And it's like if you're just like if that's a fleeting thought, like a hmm, I might want to do this type of thing, mm-hmm. or you know maybe you're thinking about something that you want to do. It's likely going to just get lost in the sauce yeah. in our day to day. There's so much we're managing and juggling. But if you write it down, you give it more time, more effort, more intentionality, I think. And therefore, you're more likely to try to think of a plan to kind of come up with it. Yeah. Do you set like yearly goals, like less than that, more than that? Like what kind of terms are you thinking of? So uh, I do set yearly goals, but also uh, you want to shorten that up by, you know, daily goals. Mm. Like uh, what am I doing? To, what am I going to do today to accomplish my yearly goal, my yeah. monthly goal, my weekly goals? That's good. Uh, and you do want to look at it every, you know, every day because there's no realistic goal. There are only unrealistic time frames. So if I'm if I have a goal set that I'm just not accomplishing it. No, maybe I need to, you know, reevaluate something. You know, that's why it's important to look at your goals every day because you want to know where you currently at and how long you've been there. Are you progressing? Yeah. And maybe, maybe I need to. If if I'm not progressing, maybe I need to change up my goals. You know. Yeah. Goals are 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 uh you know activities. Or change up your actions though. Yeah. That goes I, back to like looking inward and being honest with yourself. Yeah. It's really easy to blame the dialer. It's really easy to think that there's too many, you know, realtors, maybe not enough clients. It's really easy to get caught up in like it being everything else's fault except for yours. And someone that is truly going to make it and be successful has to have the skill and the ability to look inward and take extreme ownership of your actions and just assume that it's all my fault. You know what? Because then you take control you have power and then you can fix it if you're making the problem something that's outside of your ability to solve then you'll never be able to get anywhere if you just take responsibility for it then you can say well i'm not doing that i'm not doing that i should do this differently and therefore you can look inward and then adjust your actions as necessary to reach those yearly goals correct I, i i read a book by brian tracy no excuses he had in his book that the moment you take responsibility ownership for a, a problem or or anything soon you take out uh, soon you take the responsibility that that will take out any negative thought of that current situation so like once you take responsibility of okay that was my fault you, you you're not going to have any type of negative you know uh negative thought on that because you just took the responsibility now you can work on getting better at it yeah 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 it's true yeah empowering yeah empowering yeah shout out to brian tracy (laughs) (laughs) cool well we covered a lot of ground we've talked about a lot of different stuff just curious you know i really want to help somebody and you certainly did thank you so much for your time today thank you help somebody that's having a hard time getting their business off the ground any last words of advice or like getting started points like what would you do pointing someone in the right direction that maybe just got licensed or you know 
Yeah, so my advice uh, for them would be, number one, um, number one, find a mentor. Uh, that's extremely important. And then, you know, read something in your current field. That will help out a lot. That helped me a lot. Uh, that helped me a, a lot now. I read something in my field every single day uh, for 60 minutes. Uh, and Like what? What do you mean by that? So, I, so the book I'm reading now is uh, um, – the Loops Hole of Real Estate. Okay. That's a really good book. I gotcha. Um, and just, so if I'm in real estate, I only use that because I'm in real estate. I'm learning my field by reading a book, right? That's free. Well, you got to buy the book, but reading a book is free. Yeah. So if I just read this every single day, if I read 10 pages or I'm going to get better. Like right. I'm going to get better. There's no, if I'm not getting better, then I'm not, you know, I have to focus Why well, I'm not retaining this information, right? Going back uh, to being a student. You got to be a student to the game. So uh, I would say uh, just focus on that 1% of getting better. And also just do right by people. Mm -hmm. That would take you, you know, that would get you a a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Finding a mentor, just real quick. We talked about that a lot. So I do just want to ask, how does someone go about finding a mentor, do you think? Um, just, Just reach out to someone who is successful in the field that you're in. And uh, let's go back to what I said. I mean, you reach out to them; they're they're going to be more than willing to to um, to help you. So don't be afraid to reach out. Don't don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. Uh, I I would say me, one of my mentors I never met personally, but you know uh, Robert Kiyosaki, he's my mentor. Yeah. We never talked, but I read True. his books, right? Uh, uh, Brian Tracy, Jim Rome, they they also can be mentors, but it's also important for you to have a local mentor that you can go through. Yeah. So ask questions. And I will say, um, (laughs) looking back at my career where things really shift, this is just me and my Mm -hmm. business. Things really shift when I started tithing to my church. Wow. Once I started tithing, I'm not making this up. I'm not, you know, nobody's paying me to say this, but once I dedicated 10% of my income to my church, that's when my business really took off. Like, and I'm not, you know, that's, it, it, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But that, that what happened. Once I committed to tithing, he started blessing me with more mm. because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with my money. And he giving me, okay, Kev, you, you're being a good, you know, uh, student to this. I'm going to give you more. See wow. if you can handle more. And, you know, from, from, the, from, I would say that would be my turning point of my Kevin Bracey career wow. is by uh, when I started tithing 10%. He started blessing, blessing me with more. You know, that's just me. Well, amen to that. Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. On that note, I think that's a very powerful note. We're going to end it there. Um, if anybody wants to, like, reach out to you, yeah. um, you know, maybe ask you any questions, things yeah. like that, where can they find you? Man, they can find me on Facebook uh, at Kevin Bracey. Uh, I, I do have a Instagram, but I, I don't. Check my Instagram. That's fine. So, yeah, uh, Kevin Bracey on on Facebook. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you.